everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Listening to Latin music, man, it puts me in a good mood. That's why I picked it as my theme song. You know you're dancing, too. You're dancing a little bit at home, right? We need we need a we need a song to kind of get us going every now and then, right? And every time I listen to this, it puts a smile on my face. And every time I check social media, I lose that smile because there's usually something bad regarding Houston sports. <laughs> As you saw, the subject line, the title of this episode, George Springer is gone. Yes, Springer, as many anticipated has left the Houston Astros. He's gone north of the border and joined the Toronto Blue Jays. Six years, $150 million. That is the topic of this podcast. Well-earned, well-deserved contract for George. He was just tremendous. I'm going to share my thoughts on George Springer here coming up, as well as be joined by a special guest, James Yasko, better known as Astros County to everybody in the social media world. Uh, He's all over it. All over Astros Twitter. The guy is a devoted, lifelong Astros fan. He's got a blog, Astros County Blog Online. You can even check him out on his Lima Time Time podcast. I was uh, I was very fortunate that he uh, he wanted to stop by and talk Astros with me and talk George Springer. So that is my guest today, and you'll hear him in a little bit. But first, the particulars, business matters. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast in case you haven't yet. Our numbers are pretty good. So far, so good on the uh, perfect five-star rating. Uh, I should send that to the bosses. I should. I really should. Honestly, I think um, I think we're doing well. I think we're doing well on here, and it's because of you guys. So thank you for listening. Hope it's been entertaining. Hope the restart of the podcast has uh, has brought you something else that you weren't anticipating bef- that we had before. So uh, appreciate all of you out there. Full disclosure time, I am taping this podcast in my car. In my car because it is a little crazy inside the house at this current moment. In the process of moving, uh, kids are running around, waking up from naps. My son always wants to jump in, so I I thought today to kind of just gather my thoughts a little bit. (laughs) Recharge the batteries, if you will. Just sit in my car in peace. And just record this podcast episode. Silence, right? Every now and then we do need a little silence. I I like the music off the top, but sometimes we need a little meditation time. My wife likes to meditate. She likes to, after her workouts, likes to meditate. That's not a bad idea. I just like to meditate in the middle of the day, honestly. Sometimes it gets gets crazy enough. You just want to sit down in the middle of the room, put some noise-canceling headphones on, and... Just go to your own happy place, right? Meditation is key. That's what I'm doing here. I'm talking to you guys. It's uh, it's very cathartic, um, and uh, that's uh, that's where I find myself. So full disclosure, that's where I'm at. Recording this episode in my car. Uh, anyway, so topic at hand. George Springer is leaving the Astros. What can we say about George? Honestly, I mean George is uh, just a tremendous player. A tremendous person. This isn't a surprise, right? A lot of people expected that this this day would come. I think many many Astros fans have been, you know, preparing themselves for it. But George, when he was here in Houston, did everything that he was supposed to do, right? He 
He won a World Series. He was a World Series MVP. I mean, let's look at his career numbers. Starting in 2014, that's when he made his debut, 2014, at the age of 24. Remember that debut. I was there uh, when he made his debut. Um, I remember talking to him before the game, and he was, you know, he was just all wide-eyed, coming from the minor leagues, and he didn't know what to expect. And it was, it was just a cool moment for him. His family was in the stands. He got a hit. Um, so that was just signs of things to come for George Springer. Let's quickly just look at his career numbers here in Houston. Uh, let's see here. His batting average, 270. Uh, let's see, 458 RBIs, 174 home runs, 832 hits. I mean, he's a tremendous defensive player, left it all out on the field. Um, he did everything for this team. And honestly, you know, that th- this this squad has had Jose Altuve. They've had Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Verlander, Garrett Cole. I mean, you name it. This has been just an incredible run for this organization lately, um, the last four or five years. But the one guy, the one catalyst for this squad has always been George Springer. Like when George was on and when he was hot at the plate, this lineup was the best in baseball, and not many could stop. He gets on base, then the guys behind him bring him in. In fact, James Astros County brings up a good point. You'll hear it here in a little bit about the move to put him in the leadoff spot. Uh, that was by A.J. Hinch, and um, James had some really good points about that. And, and it was that move right there that sent this Astros offense into hyperdrive. Um, and they were just tremendous, and George was it. I mean, he was the life of the clubhouse. You talk to any guy in there. I mean, he, he didn't, you know, he wasn't he wasn't loud. He wasn't crazy, but he was one of those guys. He was just a leader, right? I mean, he would dance in the clubhouse. He would dance um, down in the dugout. He'd have his thing. I mean, he was just a guy that everybody gravitated to, and you have to respect someone like that, not only because of what he did in the clubhouse, what he did on the field, but also what he did to overcome a lot of things in his life. You know, he, he it was obviously a very well-publicized issue that he's been dealing with his whole life, a stuttering issue that now he's dedicated a lot of his time and effort to raise awareness to that stuttering issue and a lot of kids that are growing up, a lot of adults. So he's helped in that regard. He's, he's hosted his bowling tournament to help uh, those with a stutter to raise money and create awareness for that too. Just an overall tremendous guy. Now, I don't. I wish the Astros would have made a little bit more of an effort to get him, but that price tag is huge, right? So the Mets were going after George Springer too. They fell about what thirty million dollars short. They were coming in at one twenty, and now George gets to go closer to home. Right? He gets. To, he's from the Northeast. He gets to play in Toronto, which is a beautiful city. I've heard. I've never been. I I want to go to Toronto. Uh, I want to go to Canada. I've never been to Canada, actually. Been to several other places around the world. Never been to Canada. I'd like to check out Toronto. I heard it's a great spot. They love their baseball up there. Uh, I, I think I think it's a great spot. I think it's a, it's a good fit for them. It's a nice young team as well up there. They got a lot of young talent up there in Toronto. They made the playoffs this last year, um, and they're making moves, right? That's another one of those teams in the AL East that's kind of up and coming. You had a presence like George Springer, although he's 31 years old. He's still... He's still right there in the prime of his career. Uh, I think that's a, that's a huge get for Toronto. Um, and, yeah, I wish the Astros would have made a run at it. But, look, the Astros are still going to be a good team. 
Uh, it was important, though, for the Astros to sign Michael Brantley. There were rumors that Brantley wanted to be with Springer in Toronto, um, but those never came to fruition. So Brantley stays with the Astros, uh, which is huge. Another veteran presence on that team. He was, he's was he been great the last couple of years, too. Uh, he and Dusty Baker have a great relationship. Uh, and then they signed Jason Castro, who I, I know a lot of people don't like Jason Castro. I think give him a hard time because he can't get on base. He's not a consistent hitter. But he's a solid defensive catcher. And, you know, catchers, you know, very few catchers are just studs at the plate. I mean, you will have those every now and then, right? Like Joe Maurer. Uh, I think of Yasmani Grandal now is a, is a good example, who's a stud catcher that can hit really well. So there's other guys that kind of, you know, Martin Maldonado has his moments. But you don't need a stud offensive catcher. You need a great defensive catcher who has a good relationship with the pitching staff. And we saw Lance McCullers was excited that Jason Castro was coming back. Uh, he posted a, a he's back gif, meme, whatever you want to call it, on Twitter. So I think it's going to be a good addition. This team's going to be good, guys. I mean, look, we talk about all the problems that there are in Houston sports, and I kind of made fun of it at the beginning. This Astros team is still really good. They're still loaded with talent. Jordan Alvarez is going to come back. The pitching staff is going to be pretty good. We saw some signs of life from the bullpen. I mean, they're, they're going to be competitive. They're going to be in the mix for another division championship. And if things fall right, they can make another run at this for the ALCS. What would that be? Five ALCSs in a row? Just tremendous. Um, but I think this team is going to be really good. Uh, I, I know there are people that are worried that this might be the last hurrah, and it might be. You know, some of these guys, you know, Carlos Correa becomes a free agent. He's a guy that, you know, really came along that at that postseason last year, became that leader, that became that that guy that showed the swag. And that's what this team needs, man. That's what this this organization needs to kind of regain some of that swag. I mean, Alex Bregman, Alex Bregman doesn't have anything anymore. I mean, he he lost his 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 fire, man. Like and, and all that whole cheating scandal and all that kind of took it away from him. In that that very ill-timed press conference that he and uh, Jose Altuve were part of next to Jim Crane, that was a disaster. And ever since then, those two really have not – they got to get going, right? they got they got to get going. I think hopefully this offseason they kind of came to a realization that, man, we got to put all that crap aside, man. People are going to say crap about us. What we did was wrong. We put ourselves in a bad position. That's fine. But life goes on, and we still got a good ball club here. we got to win. we got to win now. we still got a good ball club. Justin Verlander might not pitch. That's fine. We got a couple of horses in our rotation. Uh, Framber Valdez was a revelation last year. He was tremendous. So they can still win, but they got to get their swagger back. Carlos Correa is a big part of that. I know the two sides haven't come together. Um, they they wanted to avoid arbitration, but they couldn't. Um, but I you know I think Carlos Correa is a huge part of it. We'll see how he plays. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and balls out. Right. I mean, this is a contract year for him. He's not gonna. He's not going to. Uh, want to leave anything out there on the table. I mean, he's going to put all his chips in the in the middle, try to get the big contract, whether it's with the Astros, who knows. Uh, but I think this is a good ball club. I'm looking forward to baseball season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that expanded playoff uh, atmosphere, that like winner-go-home series. Man, that was tremendous. I mean, that's like it kept you at the edge of your seat. These teams are really good. You play a lot of games. Let's get more teams involved, man. I think that I think, you know the NFL expanding the playoffs too – yeah, it's great because you reward if, – if you have a, a smaller playoff, then you reward the teams. It means more during the regular season to win those games, right? You reward the teams that had excellent seasons with a playoff berth. I get that. but And 
to be frank, I was kind of in that camp too. I, I was like, oh, I don't know if you want to expand the playoffs. I don't think that's the right call. Um, I kind of like it. I like it because it it involves more teams. It uh, holds the attention of the fan bases. I mean, there there are some of these teams that you know in a 162 game year, if there are eight teams getting to the playoffs. I mean, you hold the attention of some of these groups. Some some of these organizations are done by June. Remember, the Astros were so crappy. I mean, they were done by June. It was over. Like, the interest in them was gone in the city. So now, with these expanded playoffs, it, it adds a little bit more life to all these uh, cities with baseball teams. And I, I think that's a good thing for the sport. It allows the sport to grow and gets more people involved. And one of these teams can get hot. And look, they can make a nice little run. Uh, the Astros, for example, they got hot. They made a run. Bam. Uh, they got to the ALCS and fell just short in Game 7. Uh, so I think the Astros are going to be good. But George Springer is the topic of conversation around the city. <laughs> I know I know one of my friends in particular, another guy you've probably seen on Twitter, uh, Drew Shirley, uh, who has come in and out of Twitter <laughs> several times. I know he's going to miss George. I mean, George is one of his favorite players. And rightfully so. The guy had heart. The guy had hustle. He left it all out there and field crashing in the walls, defensive plays. That's the type of player that I love. That's the type of player that I want on my team. And the Astros got the benefit of that for uh, for a good number of years. And, and that's that's something that a lot of teams can't say. So good luck to George. I think he's tremendous. His legacy is forever cemented in this town. I wouldn't be surprised if one day they retire his number. Uh, World Series champion, World Series MVP. That's something that no other, no other Astro ever has ever um, has ever done. So George, thank you for the memories. Awesome, uh, awesome job in getting that contract, and uh, good luck. We'll see you down the road when he comes back uh, to Houston. I'm sure that ovation is going to be just, just tremendous. That'll be a game to watch for sure. All right, now to my guest, Astros County James Yasko. The guy is a huge Astros fan, and he's got a lot of interesting perspectives after following this team for so long. So uh, without further ado, here's my guest, Astros County, to talk about the Astros and to talk about the future of the organization and his love for this team. All right, James, thanks for joining me. Um, always a big fan of yours on uh, social media, as many are as well. Uh, okay, so let's start here. How do you assess the Astros as of right now? And then we'll kind of get into the nitty-gritty on your thoughts about what's gone down the last 48 hours. I mean, overall, it's still a good team. Um, I mean, they're obviously – I mean, you can't, lo- you can't lose a player like George Springer and think that, oh, yeah, we can just find a guy that was a triple-A in 2019 because the minor leagues didn't play in 2020 and expect the same kind of production. So there's going to be a dip there. You obviously don't have, you cannot count on Justin Verlander to pitch in 2021. Uh, Any innings you get out of him are, it's just, it's just gravy at that point. If he's able to come back early, you do, however, get the addition of uh, Jordan Alvarez and he's coming back and that's a massive boost to the lineup. And he didn't, he didn't play hardly at all last season. So, I mean, there's still, you still have Altuve, who I don't think is the player that he was last year. You still have Bregman, you still have Correa, uh, you've got Grinky and McCullers and, and we saw some bright spots, you know, from the, from the pitching staff in the, in the shortened season. So there's still a good team, maybe not as good as they were, but they should still contend for the, for the playoffs and a division title. How do you feel about George Springer? I mean, I, I know so many mixed emotions, a lot of people and you know, we didn't think that he was going to come back, right? I mean, that was the purveying thought. Um, 
that he was not going to return, but still hits you, right? I mean, the guy that meant so much to the team is now in different uniforms. So what, what are your thoughts on George and what he really meant to this organization? I mean, <clears throat> he was the first, I guess the, it's, it's a toss up between him and Altuve because Altuve came up before Springer did. And, and you could tell by, you know, you could, you could tell by 2013, 2014 that Altuve could hit. You maybe couldn't see the, you know, what he was able to do in, in 2015 and 2016 and 17 coming. Springer was the first prospect to come along and he, he came up in like April of 2014 and the Astros were shady about his service time uh, and, and kind of held him, held him in the minors a little bit. But he was the first prospect that you were like, okay, there, there's hope. Uh, now you've got Springer to go with Altuve. You just had the, you know, the 2012 draft where they drafted Correa and McCullers. You could start to see that the, the, they were turning the corner on this rebuild. And, and it wouldn't come immediately, but, but there was still progress. So, so I think for a lot of people, and myself included, Springer kind of represented uh, a change of direction for the franchise where the, uh, the losing games, you know, that, that was, you might have to endure it for a little bit, but that was, that was going to come to an end. So, you know, to, to lose him, you know, there was a, a point when, when I, when we thought that the Blue Jays had gotten both Springer and Brantley that I thought, geez, just go ahead and sign Mattress Mac to a deal. Like, what are you doing to the city? Like, it's, this is an assault. Um, so I, yeah, I'd sort of, I'm sort of with you. I, I was resigned to the idea that he wouldn't come back, but it's still, it still kind of hurts a little bit. What made him so good in your mind? I mean, I've got, I've got my thoughts and my reasons as to, you know, as you mentioned, Altuve, there's so many good players, especially on that 17 team, but it seemed like anytime Springer was on a roll, anytime that he was locked in, this team was on another level. Uh, and that's the part that can be hard to replicate, but that's kind of how I saw Springer. He was the catalyst of this team. I don't know how you saw him. Yeah, no, that's accurate. You know, I think when AJ Hinch moved him to the leadoff spot, um, that was a questionable decision. I mean, why would you put one of your best hitters to, to lead off a game? And then, you know, 39 lead off home runs later, you're like, Oh yeah, no, that's why that makes sense. You, Cause you've got all these contact guys that can, that can drive him in, you know, two or three batters and you're up one, nothing in the top of the first. Um, I think it was his, his energy and just sort of his, his presence around the clubhouse um, to go with just a, he's an elite outfielder. And I, and I think that, that he came to a team that was the perfect situation or he grew up with a, with an organization that was a perfect situation for him. And it's, it's hard to argue against the, the idea that <clears throat> Hinch by moving him to the leadoff spot, Hinch made him $150 million this week. And uh, you know, that that's, that, that was the decision that was made and it, it paid off for, for both the Astros and for George Springer. It's always so gratifying too, to see guys that you, you pick that guys that you select actually come to fruition, right? I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but boy, they, they really hit a home run when they got Springer. They, they really did. And, and it's worth, and I know that there's a lot been made of, of the Astros ability to draft. Um, you know, there were some, there were some big whiffs there with Mark Appel and Brady Aiken, but, but it was Ed Wade that drafted George Springer. And that was sort of his parting gift uh, to the organization in a, a tenure that was questionable at best. Um, but it, it, it's always nice to see a guy that, that, you know, when you see their, their name was called on draft day and then they contribute in major ways to the, to the team that helped develop them. That that's a really cool feeling just as a fan. You know, when you can say, Oh yeah, no, I saw him down in Corpus or uh, I saw him in whatever the 
triple a friend of oklahoma city i don't know wherever right, right. Fresno, so, I don't so know. now sugarland <laughs> sugarland yeah so it, it's really cool i mean it, it just I, I think that's why so many people care about guys like springer and altuve and bregman and correa as they came up through the system and they came up in a time when minor league box scores were about all we had to hold on to is he i don't know if you feel this way i know a couple people identify him as the symbol of that championship um who is your symbol for that 2017 championship? Because he's got to rank up there. Obviously, MVP. He was sensational in the playoffs. But it, it, he's, I mean, he he's forever cemented, right, in Astros lore. Yeah, no, he yeah. should not have to buy a drink in Houston ever again. Like, that's, or, or in any county surrounding. Uh, yeah, probably, I would, I would think so. Um, just because of the, just the, you know, he hit a, a, a home run in four straight World Series games that year. Um you know, the home run where he, he misplayed the, the ball that fell into center field and then um, came up to lead off the next inning and hit a home run. And it made it look, the way that the smoke exploded, it looked like he like exploded the ball against the, you know, the wall of Minute Maid Park. So I would say that while there are, you could point to a number of, I mean, it's, it's probably the only reason that any Astros fan is going to remember Derek Fisher was, is because of his slide in, in game five. There are so many different moments that so many guys rose to the occasion um, but, but I, I think for me, it, it's gotta be Springer is the, is, is what I'll remember. Uh, why this now we're dealing the hypotheticals, but Hey, that's what we do in the podcast world. We were not really in, involved in all the conversations. Why, why do you think he didn't come back? Why, why do you think the Astros did not make the push that most fans wanted the organization to make for a guy like this? That was so pivotal. I think there's, I think there was motivation on both sides to maybe part ways a little bit. And you know, Springer plays hard. You know, how many times did we see him, you know, crash into the outfield wall and he's, he's out for a week or two. Uh, and he does that in a game where you're up seven, one, you know, the, the, there's maybe, you know, he, he's a, he's a hard player. He's also 31. Um, and so, you know, the Astros don't really do free agent contracts. I think Josh Reddick was the biggest free agent contract they've given out under Jim Crane. That's like four years and what 52 million. Yeah. They don't really pay. They don't pay for free agents. Um, you know, even Brantley, you know, signed what is what will equivalent basically two, two, two year, $32 million contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not something that they do. And especially with an older player who might have some wear and tear on him, even if it is George Springer, who's a you know beloved icon in the city. I think for, for Springer, he's from Connecticut. I've sort of heard whispers that he wanted to be closer to home. And if you're from, and I was telling somebody this this morning, like I grew up in Houston and I don't live there now, but whenever I go back and see my parents in the summer, I'm like, how did I live here? This weather is, it's terrible. Like, I can't breathe. Like, you can scoop it. Um, and, and so, you know, I, if you're from Connecticut and, and you live in Houston for, you know, six years or, or however long it ended up being, um, you can see why you kind of want to go, go back home a little bit. And so he signs with the Blue Jays, which means he's going to get road series at Yankee Stadium. Uh, at Fenway Park, he's going to get closer to home, you know, multiple times during, uh, during the season. So, you know, there's, there also may be the element of, of facing a, a season where, where at some point there might be fans, um, how other teams, baseball fans have agreed to just sort of have amnesia when it comes to the 2017 Astros, when one of their players go to their team, um, not getting booed, you know, by a stadium full of people 81 times a year, probably is a, a you know, I, I could see how that would be attractive, you know, to, to some extent. So I think there's just a lot of 
Uh, there's a lot of reasons, and, and I think each one on their own, you know, makes sense, but combine them all together. And, and I think that's why a lot of us, you know, you included, you know, thought, nah, you know, season's over. That's the thank you, George Brown. Well, and he's playing inside, too, in an indoor stadium. So he's smart in that regard. So if you're going to go back up there, you you pick the one place where you can play 81 times inside. All right. <laughs> Um, all right, so now Michael Brantley's back, which is huge. Lance McCullough is obviously very excited about that with the tweet that he sent out. He's back. You know, when you're picking apart this team, that's that's a really big piece to bring back. I mean, a veteran leadership like that, he, he, he gets along with Dusty Baker. Dusty loves him. We've talked about Dusty raving about him all the time. That's that's huge. That's a big, big person to have in this lineup. It is, and and, you know, there were – you know, stories written about how he was a very good mentor for for George Springer, who by the time that Brantley came to the Astros, Springer was already, you know, a, a city legend, you know, by that point. Well, now, when you're sort of thinking of your outfields about to get younger, where you've got Kyle Tucker and, and probably Miles Straw in center field, unless you know, maybe it's a, a younger guy, mm-hmm. you've got an outfielder uh, who knows the game, and who can take on that that leadership role and sort of help them over the next two years. Uh, think, you know, one of the things that Springer talked about was how Brantley helped him set a routine uh, and how that was important over the course of a 162-game season. Well, now he can do that with your, you know, basically your future. Um, I don't know that Bregman needs so much help with, with establishing a routine or Correa or Altuve at this point, but he can be a mentor to some of those younger guys coming in for the next two years to let them see this is how you succeed in the majors. And a lot of people are upset that Jason Castro's back too. I, I mean, look, he's, he's going to be a backup to Martin Maldonado. He's a great defensive catcher. Um, you don't need your catcher to be an offensive stud. I know he can't get on base very much, <laughs> but I, I think that's a pretty good addition. I mean, that's, that's a huge upgrade. No offense to Garrett Stubbs. I mean, he's a decent player, but a guy with Jason Castro's experience is, is nice to have back there in case something goes wrong with Mark. No. Yeah, no, I think that's, I, I, and I think if, if you are, if you're getting worked up over a backup catcher, then you're just looking to get worked up. Like, it's not like they, they traded, you know, that, that, that was the corresponding move for Springer. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. We lost Springer. Here's Jason Castro. Like, I, does this make it better? Like that's, that's not the, that's not the move. Um, if I'm Garrett Stubbs, I'm a little bit butthurt, but, but I think, you, you know, you have to do what's, what's best for your organization and having, um, you know, someone who is as experienced as, as Castro and, and coming back to the team. I don't know where the Jason Castro hate comes from. Like, I mean, he had a really I don't good either. season. I really don't know. I mean, he was, he was okay. I mean, he was, he wasn't, you know, I mean, by where he was picked, right. He, he didn't pan out to be some stud catcher, right. But he was serviceable. I mean, he was good. I mean, I, I didn't, yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> he's not, people don't he's, like him. No one asked him to be Joe Mauer. Like, I mean, it, I guess that might have just with the the first round pick, you know, whatever draft that was, 2009, I think. Um, no, yeah, no, you're, I don't know that your catcher wins you a World Series. I mean, uh, from the offensive side of the plate, it has, you're, you're far more valuable on the defense, on the defensive side and in calling a game than, uh, you know, how, how you do offensively so I mean, yeah no it's fine it's okay it's a good addition uh, I want to ask you too uh, aside from just breaking down the team just just your fandom your tweet that you've pinned I think it's still pinned right on your on your page that one day the Astros are going to win and we're going to laugh and laugh and laugh I think <laughs> yeah. I sent you a message when they got to the World Series I said I was so happy for you and so happy for people that have because I've been in Houston since 92 
Uh, I'm so happy for like, what is the, what have the last five, six, seven years been like for you emotionally <laughs> roller coaster wise? Cause this is, uh, this is, this is what you live for. Baseball is your passion. I know that. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it was <clears throat> obviously over the last, you know, 12 to 13 months, uh, the, the memories of 2017 aren't, uh, you know, the, the, they're, they're still there and no one's ever going to take away. I mean, you know, even, even someone that, that moved to Houston in 2017, like no one's going to forget what it was like to actually win. And, and that 2017 team is the only team that I've been a, a pretty hardcore fan of that's ever won anything. Uh, and I didn't live, you know, I, I live a, a couple hours away. Um, my parents still live there. I still have family in Houston. I have a ton of friends in Houston. When Hurricane Harvey came in and, and, and just to go from, you know, Hurricane Harvey to, to getting Justin Verlander and going on this crazy run uh, in the postseason, when they actually won it, like that, that feeling's never, I don't, as many trash can jokes as you want to make, it's never going, I'm never going to forget what that was like. Where were Since you, by then, the way? Where, where were you? Like, what, what were you just at the house watching the game? Were you with friends? Or do, everybody remembers those moments too. No, no, I'm not allowed to watch playoff games in public. My wife uh, <laughs> has has forbidden it. So I like, I was we were there was so the funny story like game six uh, of the ALCS uh, in 2017 with the Yankees. Uh, my <laughs> we had a we had a Halloween party that we were like co-hosting with some friends. And about, I, I got up off the couch about five o'clock and I started to get up and get ready. And she was like, what, what do you think you're doing? And, and I was like, uh, I'm getting ready. Cause we have this thing that we've sort of been a part of for, you know, a few months. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to stay here and watch the game. You know, you, Cause if you go, if you go, you're going to watch the game and you're going to be a jerk. And if they, you're going to be a jerk, if they win, and if they lose, you're going to be a miserable, you know, piece of crap. So uh, she's like, you're going to stay here and you are not allowed to watch playoff games. Like there were watch parties and I'd, uh, I'd get invited to, and she's like, no, you're going to get into a fight or you're going to get arrested for disorderly conduct. Like that's the one of two. So I was on my couch when, when they won the world series. That's pretty cool. Now, that's pretty cool. Funny story. So I was on my couch when, you know, ground ball right side could do it. My, as soon, I don't know what happened. Uh, because the next thing I knew is when the world series was over, I was four blocks away from my house. I, I just, I, I like barefoot and, and, and I, I kind of, I kind of came to, and I was like, Oh, I guess I need to go home. And so I got back inside and I asked, I asked her, I was like, what happened? She's like, I don't know. They got the last out. And then you just took off running. And I heard the door open and I was like, well, I guess I'll come back at some point because I don't have shoes on. So yeah, it was a, definitely a, a blackout excitement moment. It's amazing how we just get gripped as uh, fans, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it's so wild. My wife says the same thing. Uh, you know, I'm a big Northwestern fan. She she just stays away. Like she Northwestern yeah. football, she just kind of stays away. It's pretty wild. Uh, when that My happens. wife lived in has lived in well lived in Houston longer than I did. Like we 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 moved there in '94, um, and so she I mean she cried you know when the when they won the World Series and and she gets up for it, but she's. I'm, and I'm not saying she's a fair weather fan, but if, if the Astros are playing, you know, the Mariners at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night, like I'm going to watch as much of the game as I possibly can. Like, I don't care if I have to be at work the next day. Um, that's one where she might be like, oh, I'll just check it in the morning and, and see right. what happened. But you know, when it, when, when it's like a, you know, a huge series, yeah, we'll watch the game. But um, yeah, she's, 
she's embraced it, but but certainly not to the point that that I have. So when when did you when did you really start loving Astros? I mean, like when did it become? You get interested. Everybody gets interested. Okay, we're watching casually, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you get locked in. Like when was your lock? What was your lock in moment for Astros baseball? You the remember? first time that I went to the Astrodome, and it was so we moved there in '94. Uh, it was, and and we went to a game almost immediately. And um, I, it, so it was before. So that '94 run. Um, Obviously, the strike happened and the and the season didn't happen. But the Astros were pretty good that year, and 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 Bagwell was having a having a great year. And then he broke his hand or broke his wrist or something like that. Um, but but when I when I saw basically when I saw Biggio and Bagwell in the Astrodome, I was like, oh, this is it's air conditioned. This is great. Like I, I'm <laughs> right. I'm good. Yeah. So that that's when I was kind of like. I don't know, sort of into hockey before, and and then there wasn't any hockey in Houston, you know, for for a little bit. The, the arrows came a couple years after, but uh, but yeah, I, as soon as I walked in the Astrodome, I thought, no, nah, okay, this is cool. Funny story. I, I don't know if you if you remember this, but uh, I, when I when I when I really truly realized how big of a fan you were and how how fully immersed you were and. Just kind of like in, in my because in my position, as you know this too, I, I, I'm a White Sox fan. You, you follow me on Twitter. I'm a White Sox fan, and yep. uh, and so I've, I've when when 05 happened, um, I had so many friends here, so I was just kind of split, right? I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's gonna happen. So I, I was in Chicago when that happened too. I remember a moment when I, I think I sent out a tweet about a pitcher being drafted, uh, and I was hoping that he'd go to the White Sox, and then you sent me back a message, and I laughed. But I remember it. It was like, better cut that crap out. <laughs> I don't know if you remember it. That kind of like crystallized, okay, the position that I'm now in to kind of, you know, watch. I don't know. It's just kind of a funny moment to me. Yeah, um, no. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I've gotten old enough where you like who you like and, and you like what you like. And yeah, you, you get, you open yourself up to, to, you know, pithy comments on Twitter and whatnot, but it, it's all, it's all good natured. Unless we're talking about my brother-in-law who grew up in Houston is now like a full on like Dallas, Dallas. Oh, guy. No. And, and yeah, no, he's he, a traitor. What happened? What, what, how'd that go? How'd that happen? He, he married a Dallas girl and oh, uh, that's all you got to stop right there. And that was it. Yep. <laughs> and so, and they live, they live up there and he was like, I just wanted, you know, I, I don't want my kids to be, you know, they're from, they're born in Dallas. They, they, they live in Dallas, but I've forced them to be, you know, Houston fans when we can go to their favorite team's games and, and have a good, so, I mean, yeah, he did it for family, I guess. And that's, that's, that's I, I, I guess that's a reasonable excuse. Um, yeah, <laughs> when you weak. jump from fandom to what you do now, uh, blogging your podcasts and Lima time time and all that, what, why make the jump? Why was that so cool for you to do uh, and to kind of express your fandom in that, in that way? Uh, I, well, I'm, I love the sound of my own voice. Uh, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much what it is. Um, the, uh, no, I think it's, I don't know. And I, I, I try not to take it too seriously and, um, you know, never really made any, I've never really made any money off of it. There's been some writing opportunities and, and that's really what it is. Like I, I want to be, um, I want to be a writer and, and I mean, I'm 40. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of these that I'm kind of working on, on the, on the side, but, but doing stuff like this, it, it sort of helps me kind of hone a different set of skills. And so it, it's just a different way of expressing an opinion. Um, 
I, I don't have any sources. Like I don't break any news. No. Like it's, I, I, tr I try not to take it too seriously. It's just, it's just something that I've, at this point I've done it for so long. And I, I started the blog. Uh, we lived in upstate New York and we were, we were up there when, when hurricane Ike came. And oh, wow. that was the, you know, when the, the Astros were sort of making one of their, you know, usual late season pushes, you know, for the, for the postseason, And, and then the hurricane hits and they have to go play that home game in Milwaukee against mm -hmm. the Cubs and they got no hit. And I thought, well, this is kind of bull crap. I have some thoughts about this. And, and then it, <laughs> it turned into a way, cause we lived so far away that I could sort of stay a little bit more connected to, to home. And, and it just sort of evolved from there. Well, I think it's pretty great when fans like I'll tell you a funny story, too, about me getting into journalism. I, you know, people ask me how I got into it. And, uh, you know, my first favorite player, because when I was still younger at the time was in Chicago, was uh, Frank Thomas. He still is. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's my guy for, for a yeah. long time. <laughs> I remember taking my fandom and breaking down, breaking down all his stats, like putting like a little newsletter together, a news, little newspaper. I would sit, sit share with my family and all that. So that was like the first one. So I, I appreciate what you're doing here with the with the uh, Astros County and people. I think people really appreciate it too. I, I'm sure you get some pretty decent traffic. I would think. I, I don't know. See, the the problem is I don't know what to compare it to. And so if if I do, and the the little stats on Blogger pop up whenever I you know start to do a new post, and and I think oh that that's a pretty good day. But that may be like that's what you know some other blog gets in like 20 minutes. You know, I, so I don't I don't know. It's cool to to catch the milestones. Um, I think there's like 7 million page views somewhat recently, like total. Uh, but that's go. also over the course of like 12 years. And so, yeah, that's still you know, pretty it's impressive though. That's still pretty impressive. I'm, I'm cool with being sort of the indie, the indie blogger uh, of, uh, of, of the Astros. So uh, one final thought on, on the current state uh, of the Astros. I think this team needs to get their swagger back, right? They, you you kind of saw it there towards the end with Carlos Correa stepping up in that ALCS towards the playoff run. He was, he was so instrumental. I think this team needs to get that swagger. They need to have that us against the world mentality. Yeah, maybe that may be cliche to say, but especially going into a season where there will probably be a limited amount of fans in the stands. Don't you think that that's the case for this group that just, just go out and ball, just play, and just, and just get that back. I think that's going to be so key for them if they want to keep this ALCS. Yeah, no, I think so. And I, I think they also have to, to sort of recognize that uh, unless Jim Crane starts coming with the with the extensions, you know, this is probably the last year that that this group of core players will will be together because you look at who's who is potentially a free agent at the end of this season uh, at the end of 2021. It's Verlander, it's Grinky, it's Correa. Um, I, I think McCullers. I think, I think I think this might yeah, be. Yeah, I think McCullers. I think McCullers might be. Yeah. It, it's either this year. It's either after this season, or it's definitely after next season if it's not this one. So, you know, you, they they sort of need to. And I understand why they they sort of played without it. I mean, you know, everything broke. You know, a couple of days. You know, the Hinch and Luno get fired literally like two days before Fan Fest, mm -hmm. and they still have Fan Fest uh, and and don't really address everything that went down. You know, probably I'm not a PR guy, but I that's not how I would have done it. That probably um, is not the best way to handle that situation. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, oh, no. And then they go to spring training and, you know, everyone's there. And by that point, you've got guys like John Boy and, you know, it's buzzers and what wearable tech uh, and and whatnot. Um, and, and you get through spring training and people are booing left and right. Then, the you know, 
spring training shuts down and it comes back and there's no fans. And then Verlander gets hurt after one start. Uh, Jordan's not there. Altuve is not hitting. Um, you can sort of see how, you know, every, every different city they go to, they've got to answer questions and, and it, you can see how, you know, they, they play it a little bit more cautiously now, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that the booze are going to be there. I don't know if they're going to be as forceful as, as they would have been had there been a normal season, you know, under regular circumstances, but, but they need to sort of get together and realize that, that this is, this might be their last hurrah. So go out and, and do it because you should have done it in 2019 uh, as well. James, it's, uh, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm so glad we got to talk. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Best of luck. Astros County. I hope everybody can check you out on there. Oh, it was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Check out James or Astros County, whatever you want to call him, on his blog, on his uh, Twitter page. Always an entertaining follow. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was funny. That that one story that I told him about him calling me out on. So I, I just I always remember that exchange, and uh, uh, I thought it was pretty funny. And I'm glad we can have those kind of conversations, too. It, it was fun. I'm glad James hopped on board. And hopefully I can bring him back for another episode maybe later on in the year as we talk Astros baseball. Get this thing rolling next month. Pitchers and catchers reporting so soon. Oh, especially on a day like this, a crummy Houston January day where it's kind of just rainy and just yuck and just nasty. Just think of the spring. Think of baseball being back. Um, and that is uh, what we have to look forward to. Hey, tomorrow... On the podcast, we're going to have a, a special uh, – we're going to start a tradition on the podcast. It's going to be the Friday mailbag segment. I'm going to go on my social media pages. I'm going to post uh, – ask me anything, literally anything. You can ask me whatever you want, and I will try to answer it. Uh, let's keep it clean. Let's keep it uh, PG, PG-13. You can ask me about movies, music, where I'm from, anything, anything. I'm going to, I'm going to try to dive into it as best as I can uh, while trying to keep my job. <laughs> That's uh, that's gonna be a fun segment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that every Thursday. I'm gonna post a question, ask me anything, and then just fire away, and I will answer the questions that I get on Friday's podcast, as well as kind of run down the rest of the week, and we'll talk um, AFC NFC Championship games, big weekend in football as well. So hopefully, no more Texans drama. Uh, maybe they will have a coach that we can talk about, too, if they announce that on Friday. They like to do a lot of Friday news dumps in that organization. So maybe that's uh, that's something to look forward to as well. Cross your fingers. Eric Bieniemy is the guy they choose. Cross your fingers. All right. That's enough from me. Thank you to James Yasko, Astros County. Again, go check him out everywhere that, you, uh, that he is available. And I will see you later. Take care.